Yeah, that's better. Good morning, church. Are you happy to be here this morning? Of course. This is the day the Lord had made. We should rejoice. First, I want to thank Pastor Clint for the leadership and for the leadership and for the trust and support and the privilege to deliver God's word. To be honest, at some point I was hesitating to preach when my bag and jacket uh, got stolen a few weeks ago. <laughs> but now I'm here. During those days, I was reminded of the story of Joseph the Dreamer in Genesis 37 to 41. If you are familiar with Joseph's story, we can see that the life of Joseph is the life of a typical Christian in a way, in a sense that it is filled with ups and downs. In a lot of times, we can't control these situations, but on the bright side, we can always control how we respond. See, Joseph's life started with being his dad's favorite son. That's the up. Then he got sold to the Midianite traders by his very own brothers, and that is down. Then he was brought by the captain of the guard, Potiphar, and promoted as the administrator of Potiphar's house, up, to being tempted and slandered by Potiphar's wife, leading to imprisonment, down again, to being in charge of all prisoners in the cell, up again, a little bit, to finally being released and appointed as the administrator of Egypt, second only to the Pharaoh. No. In all of Joseph's up and down, we have not seen him complain even once. Instead of complaining, wherever he went, and no matter how insignificant the role seemed, he did his role as a faithful servant, and people saw that the Lord was with him. Tell your neighbor, be like Joseph. Let us just pray this morning. Lord, I thank you for today you will be revealing your word to us. I pray that you will move mightily and let your Holy Spirit surround us, God. Thank you, and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, according to the, best self, uh, the best-selling self-help book written by Stephen Covey called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of the habits that one should possess to be highly effective is to start things with the end in mind. I, that is why today I want to talk about the theme, finishing strong, starting things with the end in mind. Start there. <laughs> I originally planned to talk about the love of God, you know, to put love into the perspective, into the right perspective since the whole world is celebrating love this month. Why not? But I eventually decided to proceed with finishing strong since it resonated deeply with me. I digress. Now, just a survey, who among us here has ever participated in a marathon? Please raise your hand. Wow, so few. Marathon, okay. <laughs> Please, who among us have not participated but have seen a marathon before, whether in physical or online? Oh, not a lot of people. All right. Well, according to the dictionary, 
Marathon is a type of uh, delicious food. But I'm just kidding. Marathon is a long-distance running race, strictly of around 26 miles or uh, 385 yards or 42.195 kilometers. Participants in marathon can range from hundreds to thousands of people. The Guinness World Record for the largest marathon had 299 and 798 participants and was achieved in India on the year 2020. These participants come from different walks of life. Now, if you have ever joined a marathon, you'll know that the goal is not so much about who finishes the fastest, but it's more about finishing the marathon in itself. In fact, in most marathons, everyone who finishes will receive a medal, a certificate, or some sort of award. Paul likens life to a marathon when he said in 2 Timothy 4, verses 6 to 8, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with a complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, and do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. He also said, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up to me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Our Christian walk is a marathon of faith. And I want to talk about three Christian principles on how to finish strong this marathon of faith. The first principle is in order to finish strong, we need to run the marathon of faith. And it's a marathon and not a 100-meter dash. Let me explain. In contrast to a 100-meter dash, a marathon is not about who is faster than the rest. It is about finishing and completing the race. The duration and distance of a marathon is longer, and stamina plays a major role. Similarly, as Christians, it doesn't matter who got saved first. It doesn't even matter if you had a bad start. It's, it's not about that. It's about who can endure until the very end. Now, in the Bible, we have a number of characters who started well but ended pretty badly. An example is King Joash, a descendant of David, who was crowned king at the age of seven. Wow, king at the age of seven. You have to be very rich by that time. He started as a righteous king, 
But his life took a turn when his father figure, Jehoiada the priest, died and he allowed the worship of idol in his kingdom. To cut the long story short, he was assassinated by his own people and he was not even buried in the tomb where kings are buried. The marathon of faith is about who can endure and keep the faith until the very end. Furthermore, salvation is not the end, but just the beginning of the marathon of faith. Now, if salvation was the end and God is in complete control, aren't you wondering why at the moment when you accepted Christ, there was nothing like a congratulations for accepting Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you may now ascend to heaven and you can go up. The marathon of faith has just started when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Moreover, the marathon of faith ends when life ends or when Jesus returns, whichever comes first. Paul spoke of his death when he said, in verse 6, for I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and my time and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. The second Christian principle is in order to finish strong, we need to envision the end goal and proceed towards it. When I was in high school, we had a teen church composed of around 15 members. I was playing electric guitar, uh, which sounded like a can when you kick it in the street, you know? When you kick a can, that sounded the electric guitar. It sounded annoying, for short. I would say we had the worst sounding instruments possible at that time. But we didn't know that. We didn't know what was better or what was best sounding. And we were contented and happy as a church. One night, our pastors invited the teens' church leaders into their house for something like a team building. I was there, and at some point, the conversation got serious. And the pastor asked a question that ultimately changed the course of my life. The question was, in five to ten years, where do you see yourself in your Christian journey, in your Christian walk, and in your Christian service. Honestly, I haven't thought about that before. I wasn't even sure if I would be present in church the next Sunday. So I needed to come up with a quick answer. I was around 13 years old back then. There were seven leaders from Teens Church, and I was thinking of copying their answers. But then the answer came to me like a reflex, like an instinct. I said, non-verbatim, that in five to ten years, I see myself as a music director. <laughs> Funny. Uh, I was just starting, you know, that, that time. There wasn't any talent. That eventually happened in my church in the Philippines and eventually also here in Gospel Church. I realized one thing. If having a long-term goal in our career and life in general is important, 
then having a long-term goal in our Christian walk is even more important. As Pastor Clint mentioned in, the last, in last Sunday, from Matthew 7, 24 to 27, Jesus said, Everyone then who, who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. 26, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the flood came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Now we can imagine that the wise man, before building his house, already started thinking the end in mind. It probably went like this. I'm going to build a house that I will live for probably the rest of my life. And therefore, it needs to be durable to be able to last a lifetime. On the other hand, the fool was thinking like, okay, I built a house and that is the end goal. Now I have to find a location. Oh, this beach looks great. And the wind is fresh and my house, I will build my house here. With the level of sophistication they had at the time, building a house on the sand is probably not going to end well. And it is not going to end well. In the mind of the fool, the end goal was not well defined. And the rain fell and the flood came and the wind blew and beat against the house and it fell and great was the fall of it. They say that how high one achieves is proportional to one's ambitions and goals. Goals in general are not always achieved, but there is a popular saying. Aim for the moon. If you miss, you'll land among the stars. Now, of course, we know that this quote is scientifically incorrect. Since stars are actually further up, and they are hundreds of times bigger than the moon. But we get the point, right? I have seen people aiming to become top of the class, then got it. People with the same goals ending up in the top five or ten. And people who had the same goals and didn't get it, but had a significant improvement in their grades. It was when they did their best to move forward to that goal. In retrospect, I have never seen anyone whose ultimate goal is just to pass an exam and that ended up being the top of the class. Well, the probability of it increases if the class is smaller and when the exam is a multiple choice. And therefore, what I am saying is that it is important for us to aim high and have big goals in Christ. A little intermission. My lips is getting dry. Sorry for the big <laughs> container. All right. In Matthew 20, verses 26 to 28, Jesus says, 
it shall not be among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. This brings us to our third Christian principle. In order to finish strong, we need to become the greatest of servants. So we need to have big spiritual goals because it's more important than our career goals and life goals, right? I want to buy a house. I want to buy, uh, I want to get a high-paying job. I want to get this and that. Materials will fade. When we die, it goes. But the spiritual things remain. In order to finish strong, we need to become the greatest of servants. We know that Joseph had his ups and downs. But in all his encounters, we could see that Joseph is a faithful servant. When Joseph was in prison, it was probably the lowest point of his life. Prison is not a nice place. We might have it better now with some sanitary standards. But during the old time, it's more likely a dark and sanitary and chaotic place. If you can see on the screen, I've Googled it, how, how a prison in the old times will look like. And it looks scary. The place itself was not built for comfort. And you can just imagine the type of discomfort and frustration Joseph had for being in prison while being faithful. He was in prison because he was faithful. Wow. In prison, there was not a lot of things to do except to be a good prisoner, to not start fighting, to follow the instructions from the jail guards, and to not make a mess. However simple it was, the prison keeper saw that the Lord was with Joseph through his actions. His life was his expression of service, and his life was his ministry. Now, I don't know where you are in your life right now, but where, wherever you are, you can be a faithful servant. I just started attending church today, and I don't know Jesus Christ that much yet. Well, you can still be a faithful servant by faithfully attending, desiring, and knowing God through the Alpha Course and Sunday gatherings. I just got baptized. Now I don't know what to do next. I want to serve, but I don't have any talent. Do you know how to arrange chairs? Do you know how to clean? Do you know how to help? Do it. You can be a faithful servant just by consistently and faithfully playing your role as a Christian. In fact, you might see me often near the stage as a music director. Now, it, it might look nice and flashy, but let me tell you that your ministry can be unseen and unnoticed, but you can be a more faithful servant than I am. I just Remember, while writing this, I remember Sundar. No, a lot of Sundays, I, I will go uh, really early in, in church. I would 
carry all this stuff. And when I was super early, I was just walking there, and one day I just saw Sundar. The other Sunday, Sundar was there, super early. He was the first to arrive. The other Sunday, another Sunday, Sundar was there. He was the first to arrive. I go to the Bible study almost every week. Uh, last year, I did it like almost every week. This year, since I was doing thesis, there were some weeks that I missed. But when I was always there, I always noticed that Sundar was always there. And it just reminded me how faithful of a servant Sundar is. You know, Sundar was early because he was, he was the one responsible for the order that we have right now. Our chairs. And not only Sundar, but also the, the whole physical preparation team. We don't see them. But you feel them because now you're sitting in their artwork. Now the, the sound, the audio team, they are one of the first guys to arrive here. We, we can't see them, but you know that you are hearing me right now because of them. When Joseph was tempted by Potiphar's wife on a number of occasions, Joseph kept his ground as a faithful servant. Man may not have seen this, but God sees everything. We may fail, you know, at times to appreciate the hard work that people have placed into, but God will always see, and that is always the greatest comfort. You know, sometimes I, I want to be unseen so that God will amplify, will see without people actually uh, appreciating it. As a consequence of being a faithful servant, Joseph was slandered and imprisoned. Yet after all of that, he remained a faithful servant. He worked his way up. How about you? When situations get more difficult, will you remain a faithful servant? Do you want to finish strong? Are you still running the marathon of faith? In five to ten years, where do you see yourself in your service to God? Thank you. And good afternoon. Thank you for the word, Rangel. I want to invite the worship team forward, and we're going to have a, a time of invitation, a time to respond uh, to God's word. And maybe this morning you can identify with uh, the metaphor that Rangel has given us. And you're running the race, you're running the Christian life, uh, but today you're just tired. You're weary, you feel like quitting, you feel like giving up. I'm sure we've all been there at different points in our life. And sometimes we just need someone to run alongside us and say, hey, you're going to get through this. God's going to get you through this. So this morning, if you're uh, uh, battling that, if you're, if you're going through the valleys of life, if you feel like 
uh, uh, quitting. I'm going to be in the front. Ranger will be in the front. Jerry will be in the front. We'd love to, to pray for you, just to encourage you uh, along in this race that we're all uh, running. And as Rangel also shared this morning, if you don't uh, know Jesus Christ uh, yet as, as your personal Savior, if you're building that house uh, on sand in the parable that Jesus gave us, we invite you this morning to and encourage you to start building on the solid foundation of Christ. And we'd love to pray with you too and just tell you more about what it means to follow Jesus and encourage you in your faith. Perhaps there's something else going on in your life right now and you just need prayer, you just need encouragement, we invite you as well. Let me uh, pray for us as the worship team comes forward. Father God, we just thank you for um, this reminder in your word to, uh, to, to build our lives on you. God, to, to follow hard after you. God, help us to, to really consider and think about um, where we want to be five years from now, ten years from now, and you, God, give us a vision for, for our lives. Lord, Proverbs says, without a vision, people perish. Help us to